Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today's service will be just a little bit different than normal, so I just want to kind of give you a heads up if you're a guest, and, but it's, it's really cool that you're here because I think you're going to be able to in a kind of a, the beginning, the ground level of something special. And so we're so glad that you're here as well. But we've been in a series uh, called Passion Matters. Uh, this is the fifth and final week of that series. And, you know, sometimes I think some of you guys think that Pastor Tom coordinates all these things really cool and the worship and the message and all. I don't do any of that. That's just the Holy Spirit doing stuff. Uh, I'm just not that smart. Uh, God just uses me. Uh, I think he uses uh, broken vessels. Amen. Amen. And he uses broken vessels for his glory. And so I believe that's what's taking place. But I really felt like the Lord dropped this message in my heart. Uh, and this is going to sound maybe a little corny, but I don't just take it. For such a time as this. I know sometimes we use that statement. I hardly ever use that statement if you know me at the church. But I believe there's a time today that God is wanting us to step up into another level in our, in our faith and in our walk in Christ. And I think you're going to enjoy today's message. As we've discussed, passion is an important emotion in our life. It's an emotion that really can help us fuel a deep conviction that drives us towards something. You know, we all need to have something in us that's driving us towards something. We need something special in our lives. Jesus was passionate about loving us. His willingness to die on a cross displays his deep conviction for the very mission that his heavenly father gave him was to go and to make disciples go and, and bring forgiveness to go and be able to open up a lost world to the heavenly father. We've discussed in our life programs how passion takes us from a, living an ordinary life where we can all of a sudden now live an extraordinary life. Today I want to bring passion and purpose together. Passion and purpose together. Say that with me. Passion and purpose. Passion and purpose. I believe much of the joy that we experience in life is when we, connect, when we can connect those two things together. A person who is passionate but doesn't understand purpose, will struggle in their fulfillment in life. And a person that might be, have purpose, but yet, yet they don't have passion in their life, guess what? They're going to struggle in finding fulfillment as well. We need to merge purpose and passion together if we want to experience true fulfillment in all that God has designed for our life. I believe the church is an instrument that God created for his followers, catch us, to discover purpose and passion. I really believe that God said, yeah, you know, when Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And, of course, we know that the rock is Jesus. And then also he's going to use Peter in that process and the apostles and the faith that was coming out of that. But upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And there was, there was a reason that God wanted to build his church. And that I believe part of that whole purpose was for us to have purpose and for us to discover passion. The church is the gathering of believers, and when working together, the church will make a difference in this world. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, but our hope is that Jesus works through our church by the power of his Holy Spirit. Let's remember, we don't serve Jesus alone. We serve Jesus together. We are a community of believers. And we're a community in this local church that's bigger than just our local church. It's the big church, the big C. 
All of us working together. It doesn't mean that we can't serve Christ alone. If you're put in a situation where you're required to serve Christ alone, I, I think you can do that. But God's design is that we serve him together as the body of Christ. And those who leave the church, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to pound people, but sometimes it happens. People leave the church to serve God their, you know, in their own way because they're tired of leisureship. They're tired of people. They've been offended this way. They've been offended that way. And can I share something with you? That was never God's design is that you should serve Christ alone, but he wanted us to serve him together as a body of believers. Together we are the body of Christ. As we worship together, we grow together. As we worship together, we grow together. No matter how broken the church can seem at times, it's still the instrument that God has chosen to reveal his love to this world. As you read through the New Testament, you'll find one of the struggles of the early church was actually uniting Gentiles and Jews together. That was one of the struggles. is because these were two different people groups that really had been opposed to each other throughout the, throughout the thousand years. They've been opposed. And all of a sudden, in one instance, Christ brings Gentiles and Jews together to worship God. See, the church can bring unity if we're willing to step out in faith and be humble enough to do it. The church can bring unity. Listen to the Apostle Paul's words found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. He writes, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. God's spirit dwells in his church. God's spirit dwells in believers who are willing to step out in faith and put your trust in him and say, Lord, whatever you call me to, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm going to put my faith in you because I know what you're, you know what's best for my life. From ancient times, the construction of a building used a cornerstone as a starting point from which all other measurements would be determined. The cornerstone was usually the largest and most solid stone of the foundation because it was the, it was the beginning of the foundation. They'd put this cornerstone and as they started building all of a sudden this, this building or this house and they would use a cornerstone and from that cornerstone they would measure. All the measurements came from that first cornerstone. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 16 Speaking about the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. That's a promise for some of you right now. Whoever believes never needs to be shaken. Put your faith in Christ. Guess what? You don't have to be shaken. I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. You see, many people are building their lives on a false premise. They're building their lives on a cornerstone that, that is faulty. And they're, trying to, they're wondering, why is my life all of a sudden it doesn't have any fulfillment? Why is my life having to fall apart? It's because, guess what? The cornerstone that you're building your life upon is going to crumble. But when we put our cornerstone as Jesus Christ himself, guess what? Everything else starts to line up. Amen. How do you know this, Pastor Tom? It's my life. And you can hear the testimony of many people in here that that's their life. They know that it runs true. I remember 
if some of you know that my parents were travelers or had a travel business, and uh, my dad bought this property out in Marysville, Washington, and uh, just a couple acres, whatever it was, an acre and a half, and, and he built a, a garage on there where that would house our, bu- our buses, our motor coaches, and, and then we built an office, and on the corner of the property was this old house that was probably built in the 40s or 50s, and, and um, when you walked into the house, it felt like you had vertigo. I mean, every floor was unlevel. It was just like years walking through. You were like trying to, and when you walked through the house, at the back of the house, and it was added on. They just added different things to the house. And when you walked to the back of the house, all of a sudden there was this kitchen. And when you first step into the kitchen, you had to apply your brakes because it was sloping down so bad. And you're going like, whoa. And, and I remember dad had this inspector come in and just try to give us some ideas of what the cost was going to be to just get this place in shape. And as the inspector is inspecting the house, he goes underneath into the crawl space of the house to find out what's going on. And, and he gets down there. And you know what he finds? He finds that the foundation is made up of all kinds of crazy things. On the corner of the foundation of the kitchen was this old stump that they just cut the tree down, they left the stump, and they started to build the house on that corner of that stump. Well, over the years, that stump is rotting. And the whole house is just, the kitchen especially, is just leaning down. Because guess what? It wasn't a secure foundation. It wasn't properly built. And there's times in our life we start wondering, why does my life feel like that? Maybe go back and discover what you built your life upon. And it's time to change and build your life upon Christ. It's life-changing. I have to, as a pastor... I'm telling you some honest truth and some transparency. There's times in my life I have to go, wake up, Tom. Wake up. What are you doing? You know better. You're a follower of mine. I hear the Lord speaking. Wake up and build your life. on. Watch what I do. And every time I put my faith in Christ, he never disappoints me. He is always faithful. When we build our lives around Jesus, then we have a solid purpose that will not fail. As followers of Jesus, our purpose is to love God and to build his church. Love God, catch this, love God equals loving others with God's love. When Peter was out in the boat and he saw Jesus and he's on the Sea of Galilee. And he, saw, he sees this man walking. He sees, is that Jesus? And that's Jesus. And all of a sudden, Peter just dives into the water and swims to see Jesus. This is after Jesus' resurrection. And it's the famous three questions that Jesus asked Peter. Peter, do you love me? Of course I do. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then tend my sheep. Peter, you love me. Yes, Lord. Well, feed my lambs. You see, I think it's impossible to think that you can love God without loving others. You can't do. If you don't love others, you can't love God. Because guess what? Look, Look at your neighbor. I don't care what they look like. That's God's creation. And God loves your neighbor. So for us to think that we can love God without loving one another, can't do it. It's two greatest commandments that we have been given. 
is to love God and to love others. So back to my original premise. How do we connect passion and purpose together? Let's clarify the difference between passion and purpose. Have you ever been lost in the woods? I know of a couple of people that have actually gotten lost in the woods overnight. It's kind of scary. In certain parts of the country, if you're getting lost in the woods, it can be a death sentence depending upon the weather. And if it's really cold outside when you get lost in the woods, what's the first thing that you need to know how to do? Build a fire. Everybody knows that. You have to build a fire. Why? Because there's a purpose behind the fire. It's to keep you warm. It's to keep you dry, right? It's a purpose. But to start a fire and to keep it burning, what do you need? Fuel, wood, paper, something to burn. Think of passion as the fuel that keeps the fire going. I think of the passion that Christ had for me. It keeps my fire going. I need to have passion for others the same way that Jesus had passion for me. You need a fire, but without fuel, your fire will, will, will never be successful. In our lives, we need purpose. But without passion, our purpose will never be fulfilled. We need to connect the two together, purpose and passion. Some people have passion but have never connected their passion to a worthy purpose. One of the roles of a pastor is to bring purpose and passion together so that we can fulfill the mission that God has assigned to us to go and make disciples. I started... This summer, many of you went through the whole series on the book of Acts. How many were part of the book of Acts with me? Yeah. And then we came right into this new series called Passion. And it's interesting how God has orchestrated some things together for such a time as this. Because Acts is all about planting new churches. Paul went to Galatia. He went to Corinth. He went to Ephesus. All these different places. And he's, and he's planting churches. And they're exploding. Ultimately, I believe passion leads us to sacrifice. Think about it. If we, if we are passionate about something, we will sacrifice for it. A couple of years ago, Brett's birthday, we went to Seattle to go and attend a Seahawk game. And if you know anything about Brett, myself, our family, we love Seahawks. We, went, we spent like a couple hundred dollars per ticket. I don't know if that was an amen, but that's okay. We had spent a couple hundred dollars per ticket. That was my wife, so I can say that. And we got to the stadium, because that's what we spent on our seats. And do you know that we never sat down in our seats? We stood the entire game. Rooted them on. We spent, we sacrificed $200 for seats that we never used. Why? Because we're passionate about the Seahawks. Jesus came into this world looking for passionate followers. Followers who are willing to make sacrifices for the purpose of sharing God's love to others. Jesus revealed his passion for us through his own sacrifice when he died on the cross for our sins. And each and every one of us have access, that, access to that through our faith in Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. He says, there is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. As followers of Jesus, we are called to take up our cross and we are to follow him. What does that mean to take up your cross and follow him? It's, it's basically meaning the willingness to make sacrifices for the greater purpose than just ourselves. It's the willingness to love others as Jesus loved us. 
to be passionate for God's purpose of reconciling the world to the Heavenly Father. Today, we have a chance to bring purpose and passion together. We have an opportunity to help support a new church, and I'm so excited about this, that is being launched in Los Angeles. South Coast Christian, and talked to the board already, and it's actually walking through our network of the symbols of God. South Coast Christian is going to be the parent church of Angel City Collective in Los Angeles. And I'm excited to announce that. Yeah, come on. Just like a parent church helps a little child to all of a sudden be self-sufficient, to walk, to feed, you kind of got, they need help in the beginning. That's what we're here for, is to help. I think Pastor Tom, but look, at, look, we're not even that big. Who cares? Doesn't matter what the size, it matters our faith. Man, we put our faith in Christ, anything is possible. The board said, man, Tom, we've been so blessed We've been so blessed through this pandemic. We have a facility that's completely paid off. We have a facility that's newly remodeled. We've been able to do all these things. We have money in the bank. Man, let's start putting our money towards our faith. Let's start making a difference in this world. That's what we're doing. We're, make, we're going to make a difference. We're going to be a parent by providing resources to start a new church. The goal is for this church to become self-sufficient, Christ-sufficient. It's like the book of Acts where Paul went to different cities and shared the good news and all of a sudden these churches just started popping. I don't know that you could ever have too many churches in Los Angeles. We need more God-fearing, passionate churches in Los Angeles to touch people's lives. They have broken and hurting people everywhere. But man, Los Angeles is just an open field ripe for a harvest. We have the opportunity today to help Support the Hearst family as they launch this church in Los Angeles. Many of you don't know, but this church, South Coast Christian, came about because someone had a vision to put a church in San Juan Capistrano. And it was through the support of a church in Santa Ana that says, hey, we want to plant a church out there, that this church is here today. Today, I present the following opportunity to you. It's an opportunity to put purpose and passion together. And I hope that you're going to join us on this journey. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.